Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. It is Wednesday, February 23rd, and this is People Every Day. Hi, everyone. It's me, your host, Janine Rubenstein. It's midweek already, and we're in the middle of a lot of important and interesting news breaking in the world right now. So let's just dive right in. There have been months of speculation, rising tensions, and even the deployment of more than 100,000 soldiers. But now it's official. Vladimir Putin ordered Russian troops into Ukraine. The Russian leader claimed, quote, Ukraine has never had traditions of its own statehood and that he believes the eastern part of the country to be, quote, ancient Russian lands. In response, the United States halted all economic activity in invaded regions of Ukraine, with more targeted sanctions still to come from the U.S. and its allies. This is a story we will definitely keep an eye on as new developments emerge. Yesterday was a terrifying day for Sir Elton John. About an hour after taking off from the U.K. on a flight headed to New York, the 74-year-old singer's private jet suffered hydraulic failure at 10,000 feet. The pilot turned the plane around for an emergency landing, but with winds gusting up to 80 miles per hour, the crew had to abort the emergency landing not once, but twice. Witnesses told the Times News U.K. that the plane rocked from side to side as it eventually landed safely on the ground. Even though he appeared shaken after the ordeal, and honestly, who could blame him, the rocket man boarded another plane to the U.S. and made it to his performance at Madison Square Garden. You guys, imagine all of that and then immediately getting back on the plane I can't. And then he put on a show at MSG. I mean, Elton John is truly one of a kind. Glad he seems to be doing just fine. And moving on from one rock legend to the next, Foo Fighters frontman Dave Grohl is losing his hearing. Last week on The Howard Stern Show, he told Stern that he has severe tinnitus in his left ear and he's been lip reading for the past 20 years. Listen. That's the worst thing about this pandemic shit is like people wearing masks. I've been reading lips for like 20 years. So when someone comes up to me, they're like, I'm like, I'm I'm a rock musician. I'm f***ing deaf. I can't hear what you're saying. Despite his daily conversational struggles, the 53-year-old singer did say he's still able to hear, quote, the slightest little things when recording in the studio and mixing albums. In the mix, I can and hear the minutia of everything that we had done to that song. So wild. Well, you can see and hear Grohl and the rest of the Foo Fighters star in a new horror flick that hits theaters this weekend, Studio 666. If you're like me, you probably saw a bunch of headlines this week about the guy who sings that hit country ditty right there. Known for his boundary-breaking creativity, free use of R&B, pop influences, and his swag, he's pretty attractive too, uh, that was crossover country singer Sam Hunt. So on Monday, we got the news that his wife, Hannah Lee Fowler, a nurse who grew up in Montevallo, Alabama, which was the title of Hunt's debut album, but I digress, filed for divorce on February 
February 18th, alleging that Sam cheated on her. It was also revealed in the filings that she's pregnant and due with the couple's first child in May. Then last night, we got the news that Hannah withdrew her divorce complaint, but she did request that the petition be, quote, voluntarily non-suited without prejudice, which means she can file for divorce again in the future. It's been a whirlwind trying to keep up with this story. So joining me now to help catch me up to speed is People Music reporter Rachel DeSantis. Hey, Rachel. Hey, Janine. How are you? I'm good. So there's so much to unpack here. As I mentioned, Hannah filed for divorce earlier this week. What do we know about the filing? So she filed for divorce on February 18th in Tennessee, which is where they live. And in her filing, she said that Sam was guilty of, quote, inappropriate marital conduct and adultery, which is the first time we've heard from her that he's cheated on her. And she also went on to say that she believes that, quote, all hopes of reconciliation are exhausted. Wow. So, you know, that was pretty shocking. But even more shocking is that she also said that she's expecting a baby in May, which is news that they hadn't shared publicly yet. So that kind of adds another layer to the story. And she also asked for alimony, child support, and primary custody of the baby. Oh, my As well gosh. as for each party to be awarded their respective separate property. Well, this is not how you want to break baby news. I'm just <laughs> no. putting that out there. Such a happy thing tied up in all of this muck and drama. Well, Sam and Hannah have definitely experienced a lot of peaks and valleys, though, since they first got together. Their relationship has been on and off, right, for about 14 years, and they got married in April 2017. And this is a huge bump in the road, but walk me through what their relationship has been like. Yeah, so they first started dating around 2008, and like you said, they were on and off for many years. In 2014, Sam's first album came out, and he named it after Hannah's hometown in Alabama. But at some point after it was released, they broke up again. And then by 2016, they had gotten back together. And Sam later explained that he worked pretty hard to win her back. He told Entertainment Tonight in 2017, quote, I think last summer I went out to Hawaii about seven times in three months trying to talk to her about coming back. And on the seventh trip, I convinced her. In January 2017, he proposed during a trip to Israel, right when you know they were right by the Sea of Galilee. Oh, wow. Yeah, it seems romantic. But he did tell the Bobby Bones show that they actually got into a fight right before he proposed. So that's, you know, that's something. So they're engaged. And the same month that they get engaged, Sam actually released a super personal song about their relationship. It's called Drinking Too Much. And in the lyrics for that song, he apologized to her for disrupting her privacy with the lyrics of his other songs. And some of the lyrics of that song, it said, I'm sorry I named the album Montevallo. I'm sorry people know your name now. Strangers hit you up on social media. I'm sorry you can't listen to the radio. Drive out to the place we used to get peaches down in Pelham. I know you want your privacy. You got nothing to say to me. But I wish you'd let me pay off your student loans with these songs you gave to me. Ooh, wait, hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Sam, raising my hand over here. (laughs) Okay, so we have literally watched this kind of roller coaster that they've been on. Take me into what you think this all means, that she has now taken back the divorce filing. You know, it's we're not totally sure. So the interesting part of it all is that she actually withdrew the divorce complaint only a few hours after she filed it. And she also requested that the petition be voluntarily non-suited without prejudice, which basically just means that she can file again for divorce in the future if she wants. I I hope it works out. And, you know, I also see a 
possibly platinum-selling country song in all of this somewhere. Oh, my goodness. Rachel, thank you so much for, for taking us through it and breaking it down. Of course. Thanks for having me. Coming up, parenting in the social media age. How much control should parents give to their kids and teens? We weigh in and talk about the mother who employed an age-old tactic to convince her son to stay away from social media. But right after the break, an update. On February 13th, the LA Rams won the Super Bowl. And that means Rams player Van Jefferson's baby boy is now 10 days old. In a People exclusive, hear what the hectic day was like for the father and Super Bowl champ. And the very fitting name he and his wife gave their son. We'll be right back. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. We are back, and there's a glossy new issue of People that printed this week with some big stories inside it. There's the Queen's battle with COVID as she deals with the weight of Prince Andrew's sexual assault scandal. Also, a deep dive into the bizarre true crime story of convicted killer Pamela Hupp, who Renee Zellweger plays in NBC's new show, The Thing About Pam. But a story in the issue that I can't get enough of is surrounding football star and new dad, Van Jefferson. By now, you probably heard about the Rams wide receiver, whose wife, Samaria, went into labor halfway through the Super Bowl. Well, Jefferson sat down with people for an exclusive interview to take us through how everything played out, and I'm going to take you through it now. As the clock ran out and the Rams became champions, Van received word that Samaria was in labor. He rushed out of the stadium as quickly as he could to be there for the arrival of his son, and well... I did not make it in time. I had to see my son getting pushed out on FaceTime, but... I, kinda, I think I made it maybe like 30 minutes after he was born, though. Jefferson got caught in some traffic. L.A. is already undefeated in that department, but add in the Super Bowl, he had no chance. Still, what a whirlwind. It was just an amazing feeling. I mean, being able to see your newborn and your newborn son and knowing the type of, you know, situation that it came with, you know, winning the Super Bowl and then coming there just made it just that much special, you know, and just to get there. And, then, uh, you know, the first thing you do you, when you hold a baby, you have to, up your shirt and get that skin to skin contact. So that was just, you know, a special moment for me. So what did they end up naming a baby born on such a special day? Champ, of course. The name Champ, you know, has a meaning of warrior and I'm all about having meaning of a name. So I think that's a perfect fitting for him. And she was a warrior too to go through just what she went through, even coming to the game and really just kind of, you know, leaving in halftime. She has that warrior spirit, so. There you have it, just a whole family of winners. So happy for them. 
Parents are in a constant battle these days against social media. How much screen time is too much? What is the appropriate age to allow your kids to be on social media? Bullying happening on apps, monitoring content, so much stuff. It's something I myself am already getting questions about from my six-year-old, and I do not have any of the answers. Well, yesterday, there was a story that came up about a mom who used a very simple and effective way to keep her tween turned teen off of social media for six whole years. Lorna goldstrand Clefsis challenged her 12-year-old son, Sievert, to stay off of social media until his 18th birthday. And if he completed that challenge, she would give him $1,800 on that day. So, on February 19th, this past weekend, Lorna had to pay up. Sievert said while he realized it wasn't nearly as much money as his 12-year-old self thought it would be, it actually wasn't hard completing the challenge, and he sees the benefits. While he had friends tell him about trends going on online, being social media free gave him more time to focus on sports and school and kept him out of a lot of drama. But this raises an interesting question about the whole topic. Where is the line on social media for your children, and how do parents manage that line? Here to discuss with us today is People Executive Editor Alicia Dennis, who, I should tell you, has six children of her own, all ranging ages. So she is going to help us navigate this very issue. Hey, Alicia, I mean, what do you think of this? Oh, Janine, this is such a crazy topic. It doesn't matter how many children you have. You're not a child expert ever because each child is different. The experiences that they're going through is different. The school that they're at is different. Where they are in their life is different. It's very different. It's all different. As a mom myself who is dreading this social media world with my kids when they're older, I mean, I find this story so interesting because of the bigger conversation it raises. So I guess we can start with the with the younger ages, toddlers. I see not only celebrities, but family and friends who are making the decision to keep their youngest children off of social media. You know, I have friends that like put the stickers over their kids' faces and stuff on, on, on Instagram. Do you think at such a young age, parents sharing what their kids are up to is an issue? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, parents... Parents obviously have to make whatever choices they think are best for them and best for their family. But at the same time, I think you want to think about what decisions you're making for your child that are going to come back in their lives later. These things live on social media forever, these posts. And while you can delete things, there's still ways to track some of this stuff. And so, you know, as somebody who works in the crime section and and talks to people about safety, and I know this is being extreme, sometimes it may seem like I'm catastrophizing, but how much do you want someone who's a stranger to know about your family? How much do you want them to be able to recognize your child? Did you put your kids out there on on, on images and stuff like that? no. No. And I think that I made my family really crazy because I was like the person who, when we were at weddings or we were at baby showers and some impromptu, adorable thing was happening, I was blocking them and going, do not record this. Do not put my children up on Facebook. I just want us to have these private moments that aren't necessarily for the whole world's consumption. Yeah. Do you think this mom's tactic is one that could be widely used? <laughs> I mean, if you have the means, of course. And, and and what's your timing in terms of like letting kids have autonomy over their social presence? I think that this mom was on to something because it wasn't that she didn't let her kid have a phone. Because a lot of times when your kid's not in elementary school anymore, they're going off to middle school, they're having after school activities. Mm-hmm. You need to be in touch. 
But the thing of where she said, no, you have a phone, just no social media, was an interesting challenge because kids, when they're developing, they're comparing themselves to each other. They're looking at things online that are really hard to reach. That person looks better than me. That person got more likes than me. Mm. Where it just became like, I'm wearing what I want to wear to school. And all of a sudden you post something and Why don't people like it the way they did before? It becomes this thing where you're constantly second-guessing yourself. And I think that it really hinders sometimes normal development. You know, we had different decisions for different kids. Like, I've got older kids that are grown. My youngest is 13. So when my older kids were around, there were flip phones. So you didn't have the social media thing as much anymore. (laughs) Right. Nobody was filming anything. When I was growing up, when I was a teenager, if I made a mistake, my friends would know about it and I could be embarrassed with my friends. Now, if they make a mistake and it's filmed and it goes viral, it can follow you the rest of your life. So let's move on to like, you know, high school and college, the years where things have been posted on social media that can really, you know, start affecting job opportunities, college applications. I mean, I feel like everyone nowadays looks at Instagram before your resume and there is a confusion because it can also be used as a tool for promotion for your job. So how do we help, you know, our kids navigate the difference and set them up for success? Because it's, it's kind of like you do need it now. You're right. You're 100% right, Janine. What I've tried to convey to them, just like in an email or a text, do not post anything or text anything or email anything that you would not want on a billboard, that you would not Mm. want on a billboard with your name next to it. Mm. Because as we know, these things do become public. Sometimes it's hard to erase. You can't control it once it's out there in the world, right? Yeah. And we're very impulsive as kids. We don't think in the future about what's going to happen 10 years from now. It's so sad how some of these kids get a job offer taken away or a college acceptance taken away because of something really dumb that they wrote, maybe even on a dare when they were 12. Now, social media is part of your identity. Yeah. You know? And so you need to really think about what you're putting out there is who the entire world is going to think of who you are. So use it, but use it so wisely. Right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Alicia. This conversation is one that I, I want to have again with you, maybe offline, because I need some, some more pointers. Yeah, <laughs> so thank let's you. talk more. <laughs> Thanks, Janine. All right, guys. Well, even with all the complicated things parents have to deal with today, there are two things I know for sure. One, you never stop being a parent to your kids. And two, they're never too old for you to embarrass them. (laughs) Yesterday, Miles Harris, a reporter in Ohio for ABC6 Columbus, was out on location when he was interrupted by a pedestrian in their car. Believe me, this is something to make you smile. Is it because of... This is my mom. Hold on. Uh-uh. Hi, baby. <laughs> I'm trying to work right now. You over there calling my phone. This is D'Angelo. You can say hi. hi D'Angelo. And don't be holding up traffic because you got cars behind you. <laughs> Did you record that? Isn't that the best? I mean, that's just how proud moms show their love, right? <laughs> well, I think that was the perfect way to wrap up our conversation on parenting and this episode. Thank you all for joining us again today. And to all the parents out there, be sure to show your kids some love and embarrass them once in a while. We'll be back tomorrow for more People Every Day. <laughs>